All right, we are live for a Tuesday edition of the People's Talk Show. Uh, sorry I'm running behind, but as always, I had to put everything together just because uh, throughout the day is so much stuff thrown our way. So the goal, of course, is always to uh, filter through the noise, find out what floats, what floats, what sinks, and how we process things and you know, what it compares to things we need to know, things we don't really need to know. It's a lot of distractions and aversion tactics. So hope everyone is doing well. As always, welcome to the live stream. Any first-time viewers, let me know where you're watching from in the chat. And as you guys come in, if you don't mind, hit that thumbs up button. Hopefully that helps. Uh, notify more people. Make sure you click that bell. Hopefully you are notified. We'll see if the algorithm's trying to, you know, do me a little more, do more good for me rather than uh, harm. But anyway, hope everyone's doing well. As I said, uh, let me acknowledge a couple people in the chat. And so I, I try my best to set up to give everybody a, a, a heads up. But then again, things don't work out perfectly. So I try to come on when I can and uh, share everything I have for you guys. And of course, get your feedback on what you're keeping an eye on. But um, today, uh, more baking contagion. But then again, we all know that things are moving faster. The dominoes are falling even faster just because everything that we're being told is just what is obvious, what's on the surface, what we see. It's the things that's under the surface that we're not being told. That's the type of stuff that we need to try to decipher through to figure out what's going on. And um, as always, as you guys can see right here, we have Robert K. Saki, and he's been calling for this type of environment since Rich Dad Poor Dad first came out with 20, 30 years ago. And for some reason, it kind of feels like he's hitting the he's hitting the nail right on the head in reference to how things could really come to a complete uh, upheaval because of the GCF, the globally systemic important banks. And so as of right now, Credit Suisse has been under pressure for quite some time now. And the situation in the U.S. with the U.S. banking sector being downgraded and all the interconnectedness doesn't help the GCIPs one bit, even though they're flush with cash. We know that. But it's not necessarily about what type of cash they have now because it's the obligations and those good-for-nothing, IOU, nothing, treasuries that uh, is becoming the primary crises that is just surfacing through the actual banking sector. And so I'm going to share with you a couple of headlines here, go through it, try to share my two cents on things. And of course, get your take because it's very important to try to filter through and, and try to come up with the best um, possible scenarios as to how things will play out. Uh, Red boy. Appreciate you, my friend. How are things in your neck of the woods? Thank you for being a blessing. Okay. So I want to ramble less, get straight to the nuts and bolts and then open up the phone lines that you guys have your two, two cents uh, shared. And so we got rich, uh, we got rich mountains. We got Jay. Uh, we got Bonnie checking in from Texas. Appreciate you. We got Gardner earth guy, uh, Kenneth Gibson, Jay. Okay. Fair amount of people there. How you doing my friend? Okay. So enough people uh, tuning in. And so this pretty much, I was setting this up to try to figure out where I was going to steer this. And of course we're being bombarded with the banking sector. Depositor confidence is not there. Depositor backstops. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. But if the U.S. has just been downgraded, we know there's problems there. More will continue to spread. As I mentioned last night, I believe it's a, a regional banking purge. The goal is to basically get rid of all these smaller banks and push all the power to the top so they can consolidate things for their own benefit. And, of course, the GCIPs are the ones at the top of the uh, banking pyramid. And so the ones at the top are the ones that has the most globally systemic risk because of not only the debt that they're entangled with, but also the derivative swaps and everything in that nature that it's very complicated. And as these smaller dominoes fall, we're going to see 
much bigger and possibly larger tsunami waves coming through of just the unknown. Like, I, you know, one thing I cover a variety of subjects here, but the monetary pipe piping is so complex. We got the euro dollars. We got we got all types of craziness out there. But all it took was that initial spark. And here we have it now. And I think Robert Kiyosaki is on to something. So we're going to jump into that. And well before I saw this article uh, from Robert Kiyosaki, uh, this is, let me just share with you, jump right into it. Um, this is uh, something I came across earlier and I had to retweet it and share some thoughts on it. But as you guys can see here, this is uh, 10 hours ago. So right before noon from Disclose.tv. And it talked about Moody's cuts outlook on the entire on the entire U.S. banking system to negative from stable, citing a, quote, rapidly deteriorating operating environment. And so, of course, Moody's primary credit agency type of thing that, uh, once again, the fact that they are allowed to come out with that amount of pessimism and the government not jump on their case right away like they did, what was it, you know, six, seven, eight years ago when uh, one of the... Uh, I think one of the globally systemic important banks got caught up in a scandal or something like that. And they downgraded one of the, one of the rating agencies downgraded that particular bank and the treasury, the regulators, they all came out and jumped on that. I think it was Moody's or one of the other uh, Fitch was it one of the other rating agencies and it fired the CEO and it was just complete sham because that wasn't supposed to happen. So the fact that Moody's is appear to be appear to be allowed to share this lets me know that ah they're trying to set us up for more fear and distractions and diversion tactics by keeping our eyes focused on the US banking sector but in actuality is much bigger. So real quick my my follow up to that was given how interconnected the GCIBs are if you cut the US banks you might as well cut all banks just because they're all in the same line of business. They have nothing on their ledgers other than zeros and ones. And then to back all that up, they've been sitting on worthless or becoming worthless government liabilities. <laughs> and we're stuck in between relying upon the currency. That's the that's a that's the entire monetary Ponzi scheme in a, in a quick 10 second elevator pitch. OK, so here we go. Here's something that I thought was, uh, you know, right on further, just because Robert Kiyosaki has been preaching this for quite some time now. And at some point he's going to be right. And for, it just feels like right about now is that time frame where he might actually be on to something. So I'm going to thumb through this real quick and then get to a couple of the headlines and show you how this Credit Suisse situation. It's so large that it's going to take ultimately the biggest central bank to come in and backstop some things to really try to prop things up because we're past the point of, a, of reinstating confidence that's done. Now it's a matter of propping things up so that the dominoes don't fall and create a complete tidal wave because at the, the very last domino to fall is the derivatives. I'm going to share with you just some visual ways I put together real quick. Okay. So I'm going to thumb through this real quick. Bear with me. Share, share your thoughts. If you haven't already, as you come in, hit that thumbs up button. And also, I forgot, you know, to do my typical my typical introductions for those who might be new to the program. So if you haven't, of course, hit that subscribe button. If you happen to come across this for the first time, if you like anything here, please share this so more people can find out what's going on from the alternative side of things. And of course, my goal is to basically give you information, let you decipher what's best for you. And of course, at the end of the day, heed these warnings that the current economic conditions are deteriorating 
And it's just not going to impact your financial situation. It's going to go well beyond that into our entire monetary and financial paradigms. Like that's shifting right now because people are still thinking that these units above my head over here are going to be something to run to. But then at the end of the day, after I show these little visuals here, those are the things that they've been using. Of course, you guys know this. I'm not going to bore you with that. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure you guys subscribe to all the social media platforms. I actually put them right now in the description so you can go down there when we're done and join RTD there so you can stay plugged in. Because I'm going to try to start sharing more stuff outside of just the monetary system because I, I follow so many other subjects as well. So I want to make sure I make that available to you guys as well. Okay, so enough of that. Let's jump into some headlines real quick. And then we'll go from there. It may not be too long tonight. We'll see how things go. Uh, let me zoom in so you guys can see. Okay, here we go. Credit Suisse will collapse next, Robert Kiyosaki warns. And as I mentioned, he's been wrong to this point. But then again, at some point, he's going to be right. Okay, here it says, Robert Kiyosaki, Arthur Rich, whatever, is predicting that Zurich's-based investment bank, Credit Suisse, will be the next bank, will be the next bank to fail because of the trouble in the bond market. Uh, so in an interview on Fox Business, Kiyosaki said he's, quote, concerned about the situation. The problem is the bond market. And my prediction, I called Lehman Brothers years ago, and I think the next bank to go is Credit Suisse because of the bond market is crashing. You can go down a little bit more. Credit Suisse's shares sank after CFB. We know about that. Hitting a record low as of yesterday. The investment bank share dropped more than 12% and were trading at $2.20 francs per share. And it says shares were down almost 20% year on year. And so he talks about, I want to get to the main point here. Uh, let me see here. He mentioned some interconnectedness. Let me see. I should have highlighted it, but forgive me. Uh, da, 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 let me give me one second here. Uh, did I? I should have highlighted so I could jump right to it. Uh, but anyway, uh, it says in June, Chris was convicted of. Okay, okay, we know about that. Okay, so in another article, he talks more about their entanglement, their entanglement with some of the subsidiaries that is linked to the SVB and some of the other smaller regional banks, which of course those dominoes, as they spread further, they're going to impact Credit Suisse. So that was his primary point in mentioning how he thinks Credit Suisse is up next. Okay, next one here. Here's just more details about Credit Suisse here. Credit Suisse shares fall, all-time low. It has found that there's a material weakness just hours after the Wall Street expert predicted that it would be the next. So this is the article I was referring to here. So anyway, is this just shares more of the same information, but just from a different spin? And he mentions um, some of the interconnected. Let me find it real quick. Uh, during the exodus of Bloomberg, it is a very easy situation when it comes to uh, Camden Fall. He added that the bank has seen good inflows yesterday, and then everything had been calm since, since the SVV collapse. The chairman has also agreed to waive 1.6 million bonus given to the bank poor financial uh, performance. Let me see. I mean, that's not it. Okay, I'll skip that. So you guys get the drift here. Okay, so let me just share with you why and how this particular GCIB, how problematic it is if Robert Kiyosaki is correct. Because if he is correct, it will have a daisy chain-like effect on all of the banks at the comparison of size. Because Credit Suisse is trillion, you know, high billions, trillion status. And so let me share with you some things here that just highlights. So here on the screen, let me put this up here. This is the big players club. So we have systemic risk among the GSIBs. And 
as of right now, there's not many clean and crisp copies floating on DuckDuckGo or Google. So I had to try to re enhance this a little bit so to make it clearer. But you guys get the gist of it. But over here to the far right in this purplish or whatever are the U.S. Globally Systemic Point Bank, important banks, J.P. Morgan Bank, Bank of New Mellon, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, G Citigroup, uh, Streets, uh, uh, State Bank. We got Wells Fargo. And at the very bottom here, these are the European, the blue are the European. And at the very bottom right here is Credit Suisse. And so in the center of all this is Deutsche Bank. And of course, Deutsche Bank has not been in the news for the last one or two so years. But I think when uh, I think it was 2017, 18 was when they were making a lot of new, a lot of noise in reference to them also having problems. And I think somebody probably came in and backstopped some things on the back end that we didn't hear about to calm things down. But here we are at this point now. Now we have two quadrillion of derivatives interconnected amongst these banks here. And so as the local bond market in the U.S. has its issues, the Fed's going to continue to try to tighten. The Titan chokes off basically the lifeline of these banks here because they're not able to really thrive in a high interest rate environment. And so those will lead to more dominoes falling. And let me share with some more with you. And so this is what is at stake here for the global monetary system. This is Exeter's pyramid. And so as of right now, we're at the very bottom. What we're witnessing right now is the, the, the bank money. We're witnessing confidence being lost in this bottom portion here. And so between the base money and the bank money, that's kind of where the contagion is starting at the small on a small scale. And of course, the impact or the primary driver, as Robert Kiyosaki mentioned, is the bond market. So government bonds and these figures here are, are, are old. But this is the closest thing I can find uh, that had all this on the screen. And so here's the dominoes is falling. We got the money base, the government bonds. And then what comes after that? Securitized debt and list stocks, private businesses and real estate. And the last one to fall will be the derivatives. And so just to give you an idea as to how fast things spread and how hard things can fall. Let me share with you uh, a little video that I grabbed that really puts my point across. Let me grab it real quick. So I'm going to play this and just look at how all it takes is a little small hiccup that can tilt and bring the entire deck of dominoes down. So check this out real quick. Let me see if I can play this. And one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. This is what dominoes look like when they fall. So imagine this big block here, which is the river is not. Nothing shattered. <laughs> so I thought I would just use that as a little bit of a some of a prop so you can guys can see how it doesn't take much. All it took is that small little bitty, you know, a tweezer of a domino that he created and he tipped it. And from that point on, everything failed. And that to me is is is, is a great comparison to this extra's pyramid here of what's at stake. And if the SVB is being used as a catalyst, you know, that's a small little tweezer that he had in his hand then look at what's happening. What's, what's to come above that. 
And so at the end of the day, according to what's on here, if you're not beneath this derivatives, paper, Ponzi scheme stuff, which is in gold and silver and things that are real, everything above that is ultimately a fiat illusion. And that even includes the prices, valuations of real estate. Because once again, the housing market is only is 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 um, solid as there is somebody on the other side willing to buy or able to buy the residence that you're probably trying to sell or whatever. So, okay, so that's just that. Hopefully that kind of makes sense. But uh, that's my demonstration there of trying to show you what's really at stake here. And so Alan says uh, trading halted on 30 but stock banks on Monday, yet the market says in green free market, they say, okay, so watch this. So Alan, thanks for the love right there. But what I call the, the, the green candles or the green markets that was, so I think the Dow Jones ended up 300 points or something like that. I call that the bank bailout rally. <laughs> and so because of the whole backstop, that basically that gave the false sense amongst the investing community that the government's now going to step in. And so if the government steps in, we're good. And then there was articles out there about how investors are looking to buy the dip right now. So the banking stocks that sold off, there's people out there buying that now. Why? Because the government's backing that up. And so if the government's going to back up the depositors, 250 K, below and above in a sense that means those those companies those insolvent banks are got a little bit of a cushion underneath them to where you know basically that sell-off will ultimately make the people who bought the shares a little bit of profit just because more than likely there's going to be continual rally because the qe has started again so that's why that is so free market is that we had they had we had that since Hell, before, you know, 71 when Nixon took us off the gold standard, that was the last time we had anything that would even possibly resemble free in a market because everything from that point on became futures based to where it basically speculation and gambling. So appreciate that, man. OK, so let's keep it moving. I uh, got a couple more articles here, but uh, just to give you some highlights as to what's going on also outside of the obvious um, here, we got some headlines, 10 banks that may face trouble in the wake of SVB. And so here it just gives some more banks here. And of course, what banks are these? These are the regional banks. <laughs> and so give you a list here. It just talks about some of the margins and whatnot. Uh, it says here, here are 10, uh, here are the 10 showing contracting margins over the past year or the smallest expansions of margins. So basically the banks aren't growing. They're underwater. Ultimately they're, you know, the margins, you know, what they have in liabilities and what they have in assets is continuing to shrink. So they're not as uh, profitable as the, the the people who are deposited into in those banks probably think they are. We got Customers Bancorp, we got First Republic, we got Sandy Spring Bancorp, we got New York Community Bancorp, First Foundation, Ally Financial, we got Dime uh, Community Bank Shares, we got Pacific Premier Bank Bancorp, Prosperity Bank Shares, uh, Columbia Financial. So these 10 banks here, uh, we're being warned that they are not the strongest either. And so we'll find out how that goes. And it doesn't help when Moody downgrades U.S. banking system outlook to negative, citing bank runs. So that is something that might put more pressure on those 10 banks I just mentioned on top of everything else is going to come. And keep it going. Uh, Moody del delivers bad news to the first public and five other banks. So more bad news. 
<laughs> so can't, they can't catch a break. So here are some banks that I did not mention beyond First Republic. We got Western Alliance, Bancorp. We got Intrust Financial, UMB Financial, Zions, Bancorp, and Comerica. And so it says, while fears surrounding the U.S. regional banks have intensified in recent days, Moody's has just warned that it plans to downgrade the rates of these six banks. So, yeah, it's just not looking good whatsoever for regional banks. And it's my suspicion that the banksters, central planners, this is what they want. So this is not something that's happening by accident, believe me. Okay, so on to some other news that is important as well, just the overall fate of the labor market. It doesn't help when you hear the word uh, shut down. And which ultimately leads to layoffs, but Tyson Foods has shut two U.S. chicken plants with nearly 1,700 workers. Not good news at all. Like it's, it's, yeah, because that's a valuable food source right there. And then we have more from Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg's Meta to ask another, another 10,000 employees in a fresh round of job cuts. Not good. Not good at all. Okay, and then here's something just I thought was entertaining. This is just something to chuckle at. California Governor Gavin Newsom failed to publicly disclose his SVB ties while lobbying for a bailout. So we would say that's pretty much a conflict of interest, but because he has financial, he can take some financial losses as a result of SVB, it kind of puts him in an awkward position where he's going to do everything he can to make sure SVB is helped out because it, it helps him. And so what will happen? Nothing. It's just was, you know, it's just something that they decided to tell us. Okay. On to some more things that makes you chuckle. <laughs> San Francisco board, <laughs> San Francisco board receptive to ambitious reparations plan. And so I, when I was reading through some of this and I think Steve was sending this to me, I was like, wow, they, they really trying to do it big. Uh, let me see one of the articles. Let me see here. It says, uh, it talks about giving them, giving them $5 million, giving them San Francisco real estate for a dollar. Okay, here we go. So this is what these people are trying to put forth. And just because we're coming to the end of the current monetary system, I wouldn't be surprised if it's got some traction and somebody got some money. It says payments of $5 million to every eligible black adult, <laughs> the elimination of personal debt and tax burdens, Guaranteed annual incomes of at least 97000 for 250 years and homes in San Francisco for just $1 a family. Yeah, I'm not going to say any more on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's another little visual aid I thought was interesting. We got U.S. bank failures. And so this is just showing you how history has been made in not so good of a way. And so, of course, we had Washington Mutual. Uh, the Washington movie was, was sold to J.P. Morgan Chase for $1.9 billion. We got IndyMac specializing in alternative mortgages, loans made to uh, people with good credit scores but no proven income or assets. So we got just – and one thing I want to pinpoint here is just if you look at the bottom, at, you know, 2002, we had some bank hiccups. The great, finan or the great, the great financial crisis, we had the banking implosion. And so as we get – right here in 2023, 2024, the size. So we got just, so imagine this little blip here, a bigger blip here, this thing here, or what could come in the near future in the U S and beyond could end up taking up a good chunk of this page. As far as the total number of banks that go belly up. And that's never a good thing because the depositors are caught in the crosshairs of this. So 
anyway, all right, that's so that's enough of me ranting. But the question is, as the contagion spreads, will the Federal Reserve or the central banks come together to backstop the globally systemic important banks? Or will they create another special purpose vehicle or expand the current one that was just created for the regional banks? Or is there another whole there's a whole nother plan to this other than that? So I think there's another plan beyond that. I don't think there'll be any backstopping. I think they literally want a good majority of the banks to go belly up and they'll be left with just the G-SIBs and through the G-SIBs, they can continue their monetary enslavement over humanity in conjunction with the federal, uh, which in, in conjunction with the central banks. And of course the merger and interoperability of the payment networks and everything they're really working towards. So all this is leading towards an inter- interoperable cross-border payment railway from country to country and domestically the retail CBDCs of some kind that will ultimately be utilized after the crises blows through. So that's just my two cents there, but uh, keep an eye on the G sips. If one goes, it's, they're all going to go. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's get the phone lines open. Let me hear from you guys. And uh, let's try to get some quick question, thoughts, ideas, or, or whatever other topics you guys want to touch on. Feel free to bring it to the table and we can try to make it work. And uh, we definitely love to hear what's on your radar today. So the phone lines are open. I should not have any problems. So give me a call. Let's talk. I'd love to hear from you guys or throw out some thoughts, ideas in the chat. We can touch on it. So uh, LBT still around. <laughs> yeah. LBP was here yesterday, I believe. Uh, let me see. I saw something. Experiment is missing. Absolute bottom two arms and two hands. That are the basis of every transaction. 12. Good assessment there. Uh, what else we got here? Nothing going to cost much for part. I ain't been for months. All right. I don't see any questions here. No questions. It says Mike, I love you wrong. I love, I, I you live in this wrong, you live in the wrong city, man. <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, born and raised in a D man. The D is not all that bad. It's not all that bad. Of course I would prefer somewhere warm, tropical breeze, palm trees, you know, I want to get the girl go there every so often. Just, but yet, you know, never give up. I never give up. <laughs> I'll never give up. All right, let's uh, see what we got here. Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike, it's your buddy Felix from Santa Monica. Felix from Santa Monica. What's going on, my friend? Well, I appreciate you holding the sport uh, and and being the brave man uh, that got put in, in charge of this time in our history. Um, I just had a thought as far as what I see happening in terms of the whole backstop thing. Yeah. It seems as if this is the play because when they nationalize all of the banks, it just makes that one step that much easier to make. Right. Your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. I, I don't doubt it whatsoever. And the fact that, you know, the focal point right now is on the regional banks, they're trying to get rid of the small fries and, of course, consolidate power okay. up to the top. And so I did see something about, uh, the, the, you know, mentioning about nationalizing banks. It wouldn't surprise me what one, one bit just because the global, well, I w- I'm not sh- absolutely sure of this, but I know a good maybe four or five or maybe six or so of the GSIBs here are shareholders directly into the Federal Reserve banks themselves. So they're all interconnected. So if the banks go under, they're still shareholders in the Fed. So as long as the Fed remains intact, they're still going to somehow profit off this transition. So 
if they nationalize it, they're all still one of the same. Like the whole Federal Reserve with 12 branches, that's that's the sky. That's a that's a hoax anyway. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if that's the case. So yeah, now we'll see if it, if it, if it, if it goes as smoothly as they have it planned out or not. Well, it just seems like the, they were so ready to step in um, on that late Friday uh, when they did. You know, it's just they had the cards were already been shuffled and, and kind of played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I, my, my thought is their response was that we're not going to bail out. You know, we're going to just focus on under 250, cut the 250,000 depositors, everybody above and beyond. We'll work it out. We'll try to, you know, see if there'll be somebody to come in to buy them and do whatever, take people, take losses. But then again, my thought about this whole bailout, this new tool they created, because it's the door opener to, to helping prop up the uber, uber wealthy, it's my suspicion that there's going to be more banks that we won't hear about that end up getting involved in that because they're trying to disguise the, for cover for other bigger banks, perhaps, to where we're only going to focus on what they tell us, which is the three banks that failed so far. It's good to say at some point there's going to be some other big boys that's going to draw in on that to get some relief without us actually knowing about it, unless we see some public information given on papers or something like that. But a lot more people than just those three to four to five to six banks is coming, going to feast off of that bailout. You know what I'm saying? So I think they open this window up for ultimately the backstop of the much, much bigger banks. And it could be borderline of GCIVs if it gets to that point. So, but that could be down the line though. Well, the fact that they, they had uh oh i apologize my friend i lost you uh give me a call back i'll get you on here forgive me got a got a new phone so it's not the greatest but anyway <laughs> it says i'm going to move to california and i and i identify and and identify as an african-american man <laughs> yeah like that stuff is not going to fly but at this current moment, this woke, complete, stupid culture that they're forcing on our throat, it, it they're gonna end up giving they're gonna end up giving some people some currency, that's for sure. But they're giving them the currency right now just because we're going through a complete monetary reshuffling and rebranding of the currency. So to give people whatever deposited into their, you know, regional bank or whatever, it's not that it will be a big it will be a big deal. But it will be a lot different if they give them something in the form of a currency in a new currency, i.e. the digital dollar or CBDC or UBI, which, of course, will come after everything you know falls to hell in a handbasket. So it's just funny how the, that stuff is getting traction. And it's only in the extremely liberal, left-leaning, failing states. That's unfortunate. Uh, what he also said, Vanguard might go bust. Um, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of institutions that are on the hook so there is, let me share with some there here there is something there is something that doesn't get talked about much but even though they're not um even though they're not uh let me grab her here even though they're not um uh there, a lot of those may not be actual banks per se there is something, let me share this with you real quick. There is something called globally systemically important institutions. Let me see. I got to, I grabbed the wrong one. Give me a second here. Let me go back. Let me see where we got here. Here we go. 
Here we go. Forgive me. So there are companies borderline financially engaged, involved, but there are things called globally systemic important institutions or, or, or GCIS, G-S-I-I-S. And so the GCIS are companies that are probably entered. They're definitely closer to the government in some capacity that the government has leaned on as a crutch to help create the nanny state that we are currently living in now. So I wouldn't be surprised for globally systemic important institutions that would definitely get backstopped. We got the automotive industry here in the U.S. We've witnessed that from the great financial crisis with a lot of uh, the car companies getting, you know, loans or whatnot. They're institutional important. We got the military industrial complex, which, of course, would be considered institutionally important. Uh, what else we got? You know, name a couple of industries that our government is heavily, heavily relying upon to help keep the populace pacified with consumption. <laughs> and so there could be a spillover into those as well because the, they bank at the too big to fail banks. So all those globally systemic important institutions bank at the globally systemic important banks. So if the banks go up, go up in flames, that means institutions go up in flames. So somebody has to come in and prop that up or they want it all to come down and they'll sift through the, 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 the rubble after everything crash and burns to see who and what they want to prop up that best suits them and this next build back better phase that they want to roll out in Agenda 20. So that's just uh, my two cents on that. But uh, yeah, Vanguard is very important. Uh, what else we got here? Da, 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 Hex. Crypto King, what's up, my friend? Says Hex still paying about 30% yield for more than three years now. True DeFi assistant Hex, not your keys, not your crypto, or not your vault, not your cash. Yeah, so it looks like Hex is going strong, man. I, I see that you're a, a a a an advocate and enthusiast for that particular program there. More power to you. More power to you. Uh says, what's your prediction till we have a major banking event? Can't get in the banks. Can't get your money, no ATMs, that kind of thing, Mike. Ah, great question. Um, man, it, it all boils down to how the banksters, excuse me, want to play this. And I, I think there's no immediate rush. I think they would prefer to backstop, prop up, keep things afloat, while we'll they'll we'll focus on what is burning on the surface, the regional banks, and they'll try their best to keep their confidence in the markets. And that's why we had that, those green candles today in the stock market because of the idea of backstopping the bank. So we could ride this out for quite some time now while other banks happen to fall, but now they have a, they have a tool that they can utilize. So they can easily on the back end go get some relief through these tools and pacify things and the clock keep ticking. And we look up over the summer, you know, banks still dropping, but, Nothing's happening. Nothing's happened outright. So they can literally draw this thing on just because as of right now, the money printer, whenever it comes, wherever it flows, it, it still keeps people spending and keeps confidence relatively stable. So as long as people getting their paychecks and having fun, I think it can ride out. I think we can ride out, ride out with this. But as far as the banks, no ATMs, no cash ATMs, that's going to come. Yeah, I, I think because they don't want to take the blame for that. 
So I would imagine it's going to come. Bef- probably they'll 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 probably end up having a cyber event that would be the excuse for that, so that there's no ATMs because the power don't work, the internet or whatever, something like that, to where they're going to blame it on Russia or China or the BRICS. Once the BRICS roll out their stuff in August. They can say a glitch, you know, they're disrupting our monetary system. We got to go to war type of thing. So it'll never be just like outright things fall apart, it seems, by circumstance and not give them a chance to point the blame somebody. So long, long winded answer. But I think they'll try to use this to their advantage and get a lot of get a lot more usage out of this current crisis. So they'll never let this go to waste. So that's just my thoughts. What do you what do you guys think? Uh, do, 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 do. Well, what do you see here? Oh, I am missing calls. Forgive me, man. A big credit event this year is my prediction. A big credit event, uh, Daryl. That is definitely on the table because the credit comes from the banks that are having issues. So if the banks are in trouble, believe me, they ain't gonna be in a position to be able to continue to lend. So it's gonna be uh some, and I said I think what's his name, uh, Bill Holter. Been talking about a credit crisis like no ever to where logistics are going to stop, just in time system not going to be there, and everything in between. So, all right, let's talk. Hello, coach. Now we call it from. What's going on, Mike? Tonight, this is Dwayne. Dwayne, what's going on, my friend? How you doing, buddy? Nice in the road, Mike. I just wanted to say this, Mike. I underestimated. I have to repent. (laughs) I underestimated Uh the power of socialism. <laughs> and I said, no, and I tell you what I mean. When they, because when you were showing up, how all the automotive getting into it, everybody's addicted to it, Mike. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the freebies. I'm talking to a so-called Austrian school uh, economics professional. I said, you, you, you know where you, you know what will really help stop this? Is, you know, I'm, well, I've been saying Glass Steagall, right? Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh no, we don't need Glass Steagall. We got Frank Dodd. <laughs> but if you know, when that Frank Dodd was coming out back in 2010, originally there was momentum for the glass ego, and everyone started jumping on board with Frank Dodd. Yeah. Well, because ev- everybody is addicted to it. No one, even people who don't even know, they want the PPP loans. Yeah. They want the, um, they want every, every socialism is a powerful drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to be inconvenienced to fix the mess that we're in mm-hmm. at this point is more spiritual than I thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, you look at the charts, you look at the information. It's more spiritual than we think because people are addicted to this free money, free handout. Yeah. I underestimated that part. I didn't think, oops, I didn't think it was the corrupt. I guess it's true with the wine of her fornication. What are your <laughs> thoughts? Um, I, that, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised one bit, to say the least, just because that, that we've become a consumption-based society. So if you can get something without having to work for it, of course, I mean, like, you know, what part of the population would not want that? I mean, that's the whole uh, government handout, you know, SNAP program, welfare program. That was what they've been trying to create since the great society was introduced in the late 60s, early 70s. So that was all part by design to make everybody dependent upon the government. And here we are now. Those promises are starting to fail and uh, they need to reboot the system. So and then on top of that, with the Dodd-Frank Act, you know, because that is the the that was a solution that came from the previous banking crisis within that gives the banks 
the right to bail in depositors. So mm-hmm. that's why they would exactly. never go back against that because they want the currency to be contained in the system to make and cause as much distress as possible so that they can then lend out and issue out their rebranded version. And so they'll never, you know, they'll never cut off their own uh, uh, tools to, uh, to further enslave humanity. So, but yeah, Dodd-Frank basically well, makes it legal to bail in. Yeah. Go ahead. Right, but that's not the part I was still stressing out. I know they're evil. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I expect that. I got to expect that. Everything you said correct. I expect that from that side. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the other side, our side. Yeah. I, I, I expect that from, I, I expect that from out. When you get down, when, I, when I'm when i hearing people from our side mm-hmm. saying that, well, well glass digger, you don't really need that right now. That's not really going to help. Like, if you really want to protect the consumer, because mm-hmm. like, like I said last night, I have a grandmother, mm-hmm. 93 years old from the South. Why? She, her money is in a deposit. Mm-hmm. She got her money. She want to give to grandkids. Yeah. She knows nothing about cryptocurrencies, but her deposits are exposed, exposed to cryptocurrency risk. Yeah. Yeah. But think about so, this. Like, so, but at the so, end of the so, day. So in order for us to take that, mm-hmm. we got to do something on our side to say, you know what? We do the the people really have to, that's what a bank, to me, that's what a bank world is. Now, that's a way of voting for me. Yeah. I don't know for most people. That's a way of, that's one of the easiest ways of voting. Yeah. Now, watch this. this. Because it's, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. I'm saying, so, like, as far as, like, you know, for, for your grandmother's situation and things like that, at the end of the day, you know, if they were to try to implement Glass-Eagle, it's that the currency is the problem. And so... No matter what, whether you know you're able to separate, you know, savings and loans from from them being able to speculate and gamble with your, with your currency or not, it's the currency is the problem. So we need an alternative to a currency model, which means that we everybody here has a choice, has a chance to make a choice. You can minimize your risk involved in IOU nothings by actually getting into something in the form of constitutional money, legal tender, gold, silver, and so that's the only way that we as individuals are going to actually be able to protect and preserve and ensure ourselves against the criminality in this government. Cause they're not going to make no change. Like we can't vote nobody and it's going to make change. Like more of the politicians now excited about Bitcoin than they are about gold and silver. So it's too late in a sense. So it's every man for themselves. protect yourself the way that you know how, what you're doing, I'm sure. And then let the cars fall where they may, because we're past the point of being able to change this banking system or this, or this monetary system in general. So, Game's up, man. <laughs> in my opinion, that's where you at. That's where you at. That's where, yeah, because it's, it's like so. Even watch this. Even if like if if there's a news flash and everybody in this country got an emergency notice on their phone saying banking system collapsing, Federal Reserve notes are worthless. Go get gold and silver. It'd be a mad pandemonium. I don't. I still don't think a hundred percent of the population to go go get gold and silver. <laughs> It might be 30%, maybe 40%, which would still be more than enough to cause panic, but still, like, that's just how mind-gone people are, man. Yeah, I know it because you got, like, 219 people, and I'm going to get off the call. You got 219 people uh, watching your show, right? Mm -hmm. They're, like, the leaders. Like, those are the economically more astute people to lead. Most people, that's what I'm saying. You're supposed to, if we're going to, everybody's not going to be able to think like that. Right. Everybody's not going to be able to have the insight like your audience to be able to think like that. I know it seems like that because you only, you know, you go around, you listen to certain people, but everybody don't have that. So you right. got to protect the weaker ones and right. do it. That's when you have good, good citizenship. 
Right. But apparently, you know, you at where and, you and, and that's what no, and I, that's why I say it's that's why I encourage people. Though, Mike, that's all I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad to see though. Right, it's it is. It's, it's sad to see. That's why I encourage people. You know, show by show, every show I can. That's why rethinking dollars exist. It encourage people to know the difference between fiat and sound money. And once you understand the, the difference, you're definitely going to want to get your weight up. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you're getting your weight up, that means you're taking responsibility into your own hands to secure your own financial future because you know what's at stake. You know that we've been in a matrix to where we've been given a blind, we've been blinded with digital ones and zeros all our lives. And that is the problem in of itself. So, yeah, get your weight up, man, and uh, we'll move on from there. And, of course, regardless of that, All you still right. got to be productive in society. So you still got to produce something into the world. So right. that right there should help, help you keep your head above ground, man. But appreciate you calling, man. All right. No problem. Take care. Yeah, be Great good. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. And it's one of the things where I don't want to like sound like, you know, I'm, I'm giving up on mankind type of thing. But no, but I realize at this point, you ain't going to reach every, I'm not going to reach everybody. But there are a small few and it's one by one. If I could reach one person a day to give them the, uh, what I consider to be monetary literacy through all the tools, videos, books and interviews that I've done to get them to question things and then take some action in reference to just going and taking some of their fiat notes and redeeming them the way that they were always intended to be done and get something real and tangible. I feel like I've accomplished something with this channel. So, but beyond that, man, most people are asleep at the wheel. So I don't really have much hope for many people that are not even looking for help or looking for answers. But then again, that's the majority. <sighs> what else he got here? I see some crypto stuff. Luke Thompson says picked up a one gram of platinum last night for 40 because some startup for cash. Um, yeah. One gram platinum. It's definitely better than holding worthless IOU nothings. Yeah. Cash in the meantime, like, so here, here's one of the things that I hear a lot of people talk about, but not a, it's a lot of the, you know, like heavy hitter, heavy investors out there talking about being ready for a fire sale, being, you know, like Warren Buffett sitting on, you know, hundred million, a hundred billion in cash waiting on this. And I'm thinking like they're sitting in cash at the same time, the banks that hold that cash are having issues. And so unless there's a backstop to where you're able to get that in a crisis, it's more than likely you won't be able to get access to large amounts of cash to take advantage of fire sales, like the real estate market crash, people sitting on Buku wads in the bank. It's like that currency will be trapped in the bank. They're not going to let you basically swipe your card to go buy up all this real estate across the country and benefit off this transact, off this, off this collapse, the way that things have happened in the past, like great financial crisis, of course, fire sale, you sitting in cash, you good. But now we're having a banking event to where things are shifting to where I don't think it's going to be as easy to get access, to be able to take advantage of opportunities as they present themselves. So being liquid in the form of metals or speculative nature of cryptos, if depending on how that plays out might be, the only option people have if you can't get into your bank account or your money manager or, or you can't make a call. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, that's just my two cents. <sighs> what we got? I've missed a couple of calls, but I'm about to dial down. It is getting late. But uh, I wanted to check in and share with you what's happening. Keep an eye on some G-SIPs. 
It's good to say Credit Suisse ain't the only one having issues, but that's what they're focusing on. They want us to focus on these stuff, on the stuff that they put out there in the headlines. That's the stuff they want us to focus on. And so obviously there's more going on than when they're really wanting us to know. So let's filter through all the weeds and find out what's really happening. And so, all right, my good people, I'm not going to take any more calls, but uh, for those who are plugged in, appreciate you for joining me. If you found any value, any ideas, any, any things where any inspiration came from these videos here, uh, hit that thumbs up and please share this so more people can find out what's going on. And uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. We got the uh, hangout tomorrow at seven with the fellas. So we're going to talk about a variety of things. So I encourage you to come back and share some thoughts on that. We're going to touch on a little bit of everything. So, all right, my good people, be blessed, be safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Peace. Did you know that China is hoarding a massive amount of food? They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. So what does China know that we don't? China is the world's number one importer, relying on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. This makes them the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages. As Americans, we need to be prepared for potential food shortages. That's where 4Patriot Survival Food comes in. Their kits are compact, stackable, and have received a five-star review for their flavor and taste. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using code RTD at checkout at 4 Don't wait. Prepare today. Once again, use code RTD at 4 and save 10% on your first purchase.